Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth, coming to you from the All Seasons Tabletop Studio. I am Ben, and today's episode will be the conclusion of shocking facts from a world-renowned doctor. And now, your host, Mike. Hey, Ben. Very good. Hey, we are, we are still at the All Seasons Tabletop studios yeah yeah and i At least am while we're recording this one yes i am once again you know when we do you know we do two of these a week and when we do this one it's it's a little bit more of a break before we get here to do this particular one yeah you know in, right. at this time during the week and i'm always you know it's almost like i have have been been overwhelmed with information and and so forth so this one this one really is is anticipated and and I, I it's almost like I can't wait to get started because sometimes I just have to get some of this stuff out and yeah. it's, it's not and it's not like a venting session but I think it works the same way you know how you say okay just vent to someone just share your information with or let's just let's yeah. just talk a bit and just get it out right. I, I, it it really is it's almost like a cleansing for me and so i am glad to be here not that i'm not glad to be there on the thursday episodes but on the tuesday ones i mean you know uh it's just it's been it's longer it's longer waited you know i waited for i guess uh is what i'm trying to say yeah no Um, i understand yeah I, i always like getting back in here and and getting some podcasts done. Yeah, yeah. It's and and, it's, and hearing what you have. Yeah, well, that's to, true to because, put out because because most of the time I don't know what's coming up. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, <laughs> welcome all of you, uh, rock tumblers and proverbial roll roll, roll roll truth seekers truth roll rolling rolling truth. truth yeah, that's what we were trying. Yeah. And I butchered that <laughs> all up. We were going to try to get that in there so we could yeah, we could well. call you. Yeah, so it would be rock tumblers and uh, rolling truth seekers. Yeah, I, I sort of go. like that. That that that's interesting. Yeah, that that is interesting. Nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome all of you out there, and we appreciate you so much. And uh, there again, we if you like what you're hearing from us, please like, save. Subscribe, share, share. Yeah, well, all kind of, of those kind things. of hard to share if you don't save. Well, I guess it, it it's other ways, but uh, yeah, all of those things. And um, you know, this one, you know, I was thinking about the title when you said mm-hmm. shocking, right? Uh, shocking, shocking facts, facts yes. from and and there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners, uh, we are going to hear the last bit of this particular interview with uh, Dr. Gear Vandenbosch on the high wire with uh, Del Bigtree. And I was thinking that really is interesting because it's, it's, it's true almost in a, a sad way because he is standing out and these, th- these facts are shocking only because not many people are standing up to share what he has to share. And this particular yeah. uh, this particular portion of this is is stunning in a couple of other ways, and 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 I'll just give you a a, a little brief 
uh, kind of lead in, if you will. He's going to be bringing up some information that a lot of people wish they had when they're talking to other friends or so-called experts. Like, say, say you have a friend that works in a doctor's office or is a medical uh, uh, professional or whatever, and they're giving you information and you're going, wow, man, the information that you're giving me really isn't complete or mm. really isn't factual. There, okay. there, there's, there's, some, there's some things in it. What he's getting ready to share is information that is coming from some serious professionals and letting you know he's not the only one mm-hmm. that knows this. He might be the only one out of a large number that's standing up believing this, and he's been sort of shouting this this caution uh, since I know at least April of of this year. Okay, so mm-hmm. I think in in that way that this information is shocking. Yeah, and it solidifies. Some of us have been digging and digging, and, and you know, as, as we say, turning over rocks, and this information. Sometimes you go, wow, this is factual. Some of it's hard to understand because, after all, we're not a virologist or an immunologist or a vaccinologist. Yeah. Uh, but when you hear it, it sort of is lining up. And and I would ask everyone that's listening, listen closely to – Dell does an excellent job. He does an excellent job anyway, but he's probing – yeah, Van der Bosch on yeah. some things that he's that that he has said in the past, and sort of getting him to explain in more depth for us. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to jump in real quick. I like the way that you kind of introduced um, what Geert is kind of talking about because that's very similar for what you said um, to the couple podcasts that we put out about trying to role play and get information yes. out to our friends, family, mm-hmm. or, or just other people in general. Um, so I kind of like the way you introduce that. And Yeah, you know. uh, th- 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 that's a good call because that's exactly what this does for you. It helps solidify some information and, and validate some things a little more clear. And when someone says, someone might say, you know, anymore, you, you know, like we tell, we tell the listeners, okay, it's Dr. Geert Vandenbosch. Right. And I don't think we ever have him on that. We don't say he has a strong accent. So yeah, listen, right. listen closely. <laughs> uh, but w- some people will say, well, you know, that guy's got an accent. He can't be trusted. You know, I mean, people will, people will, will, cancel anybody that doesn't you know follow their narrative uh right and what he has to say i will just say you know listen i mean listen closely because what he has to say is documents he's going to read coming from other professionals other other organizations and some three-letter organizations okay very uh, good very good anyway with uh, with that being said, yeah, uh, I think we've we've uh, introduced him as thorough, thoroughly as we can. So, all right, uh, let's get going. And you guys know how we roll, uh, but we uh, we're kind of at the edge on the edge of our seats, and you're probably waiting. Come on, Mike, let's go. Uh, so, 
Come on, Mike. Three, let's go. two, one, Ben. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Much more efficient. Okay, so in Paul Offit's comparison, he's really these are really apples and oranges. You have uh, what we believe to be a you know a highly mutable disease in the SARS-CoV-2, and a less mutable disease in 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 measles. At least we believe. We won't know because we're looking at two totally different environments. One very pressure, one not. But that's the general assumption, and the vaccine is different. A vaccine life, is different. A live, a live vaccine that induces a stronger innate immune response, which really does, you know, uh, neutralize this virus. Maybe not eliminate completely, but it does a much better job than the vi- the vaccine that we're talking about now uh, for SARS-CoV-2. Correct. And so those two things. Yeah. Now, no, no, three things, and we didn't do mass vaccination. We didn't do mass vaccination for the measles. It's a very important one because that is where the immune pressure comes from. Okay, real quick, uh, uh, I'm going to. Sh- there is another doctor that has come out and, and made a statement about some of the things that Dr. Vandenbosch has said right. in, in his theory. Yeah. Okay, and he does a com- he does compare it to the measles, and Vandenbosch yeah, is going, exactly. "Well, that's not that's you you heard him say that's apples and oranges. We can't compare this." so-called vaccine with that one right because a lot of things were very very different yeah and i believe that part was on the last podcast so if yes. you missed it guys go back and yeah that part listen to that and just to kind of go back a little bit remember this is you know as you're listening to this one remember the innate immunity and the natural occurring uh-oh, I'm sensing a quiz coming up. Uh, immunity. You're going you're gonna to quiz so, me on this? Uh, <laughs> in, innate immunity. Uh, innate is is what we're born with, yes. what our body naturally has yes. from the get-go, basically. Yes. And then the uh, the natural, the natural, natural is occurring or natural what we producing. get yep. by experience of viral infections and stuff that our yes. body then yes. learns and starts producing the antibodies and protects us from. Right. So those Did are I get the, that right? You, you you're on the money, and, and the only thing you Excellent. didn't say was no big deal. But you 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 got a you got a good solid A on that. The only thing okay. that I would add to that is that the the innate immunity doesn't last very long. It's it's short lived, and what I mean is you oh know, that you, that actually goes away. I don't yeah the, I didn't remember that. Yeah, the innate okay. after a while it goes away, and then it's it, it's all the the natural the natural okay which. He's going to explain okay. why uh, some of the natural is even stronger. But there is a difference even okay. in the way that it's transmitted and so forth and so on. But right. we're going to let him get to that, and we'll probably make some comments. But I wanted All to bring right. that up. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, you're going to be hearing this other doctor, and then Dell does an excellent job in laying some of this stuff out. So, All right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Rolling. Okay. Now, the last part of this, though— is Paul Oppen says it doesn't matter if you're right, Geared, it doesn't matter because even if we have selected for a variant and at some point that variant ends up becoming the dominant strain, at that point we'll just make a new vaccine that handles that variant and end of the problem. Why is that an issue? Because that seems to be what the FDA and everybody are sort of counting on. You're seeing studies that are talking about, well, this Delta is getting problematic. We may need a new vaccine in the future. Why are you worried that that's not going to happen? That's clearly what's going to happen. So why won't that save us? Well, what Paul Offit is alluding to is the influenza strategy. 
And again, I'm always repeating my only sentence, my only call. Do not vaccinate with non-sterilizing vaccines during a pandemic. You know, I mean, I'm always giving the example. You are loading your gun while you are already on the battlefield, while you get already attacked, right? If you do this before you get attacked, there is no problem. That's what, what I was saying. Normally, when you get infected, a natural infection, virus comes in, there is transmission, and it's only afterwards that the antibodies speak. So the antibodies cannot really put this virus under pressure. But if you now vaccinate, and this, 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 you vaccinate these people, I mean, you, you don't give them quarantine until eh, they have full-fledged antibodies. You don't tell them, stay at home for at least six weeks because you need your first shot, you need your second shot, and it's all going to take at least six weeks till you have full-fledged antibodies. These people go out, and the next day or the next week, they can, can get attacked by the virus. Why? First of all, it's a pandemic. Second, we are now dealing with a new pandemic. This is a pandemic of highly infectious variant. This is a pandemic of the Delta variant, right? Right. So it's a completely different... Again, again, the conditions are not fulfilled comparing apples with, you know, oranges or whatever. I want to just take a second here. And, you know, he says we're dealing with a new pandemic, mm -hmm. the pandemic of the variant. And, and in this particular interview, he's talking about Delta. Right. You know, not the Imacon, you know, right. which is to come, you listeners. you'll. Oh, yeah that's, yeah, that's out. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm calling it Imacon. It's the Omnicon. But we, we right. around here, we, you know, we prefer you to visualize a picture of uh, Anthony Fauci and underneath of that say Imacon. So that's where the Imacon uh, comes from. Yeah. So, yeah, just a strain reel. Just, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, but anyway, don't. It's, it's not to think that every pan. You know, the the term pandemic means death. Oh no, death is everywhere. Yeah. Well, I was having this just to jump in real quick. <laughs> I was having a conversation with my dad, and he was going over like the definition of pandemic. But for most people, and me included, whenever you hear the word pandemic, the natural thing is like fear. You know that yeah. that's yeah. it's a word. That simply means worldwide. Yes, because it's worldwide pan. spread. It's, it's pan. But yeah. to most people, even if you, if that's the term, it's always been used in in a way that imposes fear. Yes. So the natural thing when you hear, oh, well, we got a pandemic, is fear. It's yeah. it's not. Oh, well, that just means it's worldwide. Whatever. Yeah. You know the sure. the common flu is worldwide. You right. know that's a pandemic. Yeah, technically, right? Sure. So, I mean, by the definition, so, but yeah. nobody calls it a pandemic because, well, it always happens. Yeah. Right. So you know, it's yeah. Well, so my dad a, and I were having that little discussion. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know what you probably have heard more of your life in other ways is epidemic. Uh, right. You I've would heard say, that too. Yeah, you would say. I mean, sometimes you would say, you know, the the. the the level of uh, uh, what's what's the I, I had an example in my head, but let's just say the, the I threw the, out that cue card. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the 
the the the level of production in my company uh, okay. is of epidemic proportions. I mean, you, you know, right. yeah, yeah. you know, because you would throw it in and just to say, hey, it's it's kind of everywhere, and no nobody is doing their job. You know, yeah. so you probably have heard the epidemic word more because that's more localized. You right, know, it's an epidemic. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, and you would hear that and go, oh, you know, it's no big. Deal. But now, see now now. We're starting to introduce other words like pandemic, and mm-hmm. and I, I, I want to bring up some of the. We already mentioned two of them: the Delta and the, and the Omicron, Omnicon, yeah. whatever. Uh, so we're starting to see words being introduced in languages, but uh, just because he said we're in the middle of another pandemic, mm-hmm. it just means that there's another variant that's highly infectious right. and it's everywhere that's all that means so yeah uh, okay wanted to clear that up let me and i i have, I have another i mean and just because i try to help my audience and i think simply but when you're talking about the antibodies needing that time to develop i imagine a war if we're in the middle of a war the best way to handle a war is you send your cadets through basic training they get boot camp they get fully trained they get all their gun training they're working out and then they're strong soldiers so that the moment that they we send them off to attack they're the best capability of winning that war but if in the middle of the war the war you know we decide you know what we don't have time or for whatever reason we just skip or in the middle of boot camp we just send these children in that haven't worked out they barely know how to work their gun now they're in the middle of the fight they're coming to the enemy that enemy is just going to overrun them and come plowing through and 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 wreak havoc and and win that war is that is that sort of a you know when you talk yeah, yeah about of course Okay. Yeah. When it comes to uh, fighting pathogens uh, by the immune system, we always compare this to war situations or soldiers. It's, it's uh, an analogy that works out pretty well, yeah. You'd like to see us stop this mass vaccination campaign because it's causing the pressure you're talking about. And Paul Offit's approach with mass vaccination is going to create a variant that each time we then vaccinate for, we're going to create a more and more infectious and potentially create a problem is the fear that one day there'll be a pathogen that we just can't there's no vaccine can stop it is that basically the concern when i read peer-reviewed journals from you know molecular biology molecular epidemiologists right i mean they are simply predicting this okay listen. and i cannot understand it's like i'm 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 telling these things but if, if you don't mind I can, I can simply, you know, citations, peer-reviewed journal by, you know, this is uh, like Harvard Medical School, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, uh, MIT, uh, etc. right? And th- there are statements like, in, and this is published early uh, this year, when... Okay, that was, uh, I'm just jumping in here real quick. So he's getting into the, just what I was telling you about. Right? So, so this, is, this is published, it, you know, in a reputable, uh, I guess it's it, this is just a research article, and this was April the twenty eighth of this year. So mm. he's he, okay. he, he's he sort of he was asked a question and he's answering it this way. Yeah. Okay. So and here on the screen that I'm looking at is you see this article and he's highlighting uh, different uh, portions of this. So all right, all right, here we go. Neutralizing antibodies are broadly present in the population. Broadly present in the population is when you do, for example, mass vaccination. 
population level selection for antibody evading infection competent viral mutants may result in rapid resurgence of SARS-CoV-2 infections. So that is one thing that we see right now, the resurgence of the infections, right? I mean, this is a very strange situation where we all of a sudden see in all these countries where we have this mass vaccination, we see an increase in infectivity. Okay, so just to sum it, I mean, he's going to be saying a lot of, a lot of uh, words that come from virologists and, and immunologists. Over us. Right. But basically what he's saying is they predicted that if you vaccinate all these people, this is what's going to happen. I mean, you can listen to all the words. He's given sort of the, the medical and, yeah. and the, the, the chemistry of what's going to happen. But to, uh, just to cut through the chase is you vaccinate all these people with a highly infectious virus out there mm -hmm. that's still around. This right. is what you can expect. Yeah. And everybody, everybody is getting infected. And uh -huh. this this was this was predicted not just by him as that's what he's saying by others and now he's going to get right. into the to the next one here. But to your point to the to the to the resistance. So what this paper says as well is evidence from multiple experimental studies suggests that specific single mutants may be able to evade spike targeting vaccinal immunity in many individuals and rapidly lead to the spread of vaccine-resistant COVID-2. Okay. Now, I think it's important to walk through this because, mm -hmm. so, what did he say there? That single mutants may be able to evade spike-targeting vac right. vaccine immunity. Yeah. Right. They, it, okay. Well, it's, you got mutants kicking off. Yeah. So basically, what he's saying is you're gonna you're gonna neutralize that that vac that vaccine where it's it's really non-effective. But more importantly, the first four words in this document says evidence from multiple experimental studies. We'll, we'll yeah. call it five words. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful the, right the, there. Somebody isn't just going. You know what? I've got an idea based on what I've studied. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to happen. No. Evidence from multiple, they don't give a number, but uh, yeah. multiple studies. So we know this was actually studied, and that's where he's going with this. One variant that can escape convalescent plasma neutralization is already in South Africa. This was beginning of this year and could experience greater positive selection pressure once vaccines are deployed widely. Finally, the overall size of the pandemic in terms of number of active infections will play a significant role in whether the virus can be brought under control with vaccines. The speed at which neutralizing antibody resistance develops in the population increases substantially as the number of infected individuals increases, suggesting that complementary strategies to prevent SARS-CoV-2 transmission, for example, antiviral prophylaxis, and that do not exert a specific selection pressure on the virus, are key to reducing the risk of immune escape. <laughs> In this context, 
vaccines that do not provide sterilizing immunity and therefore continue to permit transmission will lead to the build-up of large standing populations of virus, greatly increasing the risk of immune escape. Mm. And I mean, there are other publications, I don't want to take too much of your time, where it is very, very clear, I'm not the only one, I'm probably the only one who dares to speak out. But I mean, these mm -hmm. world-class molecular epidemiologists are very, very well aware and have been warning at the beginning of this year, I must read this one, that the emergent and rapid rise in prevalence, and this was of the alpha, beta, gamma, has prompted renewed concerns about the evolutionary capacity of SARS-CoV-2 to adapt to both the rising population immunity and public health intervention, such as vaccines and social distancing. As a consequence, the epidemiological and immunological properties will likely complicate the control of COVID-19. <laughs> so, I mean, Del, this is not new. People yeah. know, people have seen already that before we even mm -hmm. started the mass vaccination, the virus was already under tremendous pressure, most likely because of high um, infectious pressure in areas that were very densely populated, uh, like in South Africa, the Mandela uh, Bay, or uh, in Brazil, in the, the favelas, etc. And uh, because of that, there was a high local uh, immune pressure, but this pressure was directed against the spike protein. And it has already uh, shown, they have shown that the many mutations in the S protein were really driven by immune selection pressure, pressure exerted by the population. Now, guess what? We are now coming with a vaccine, the target of which is the spike protein, and the spike protein is the target of the infectiousness. So now if I'm saying I'm exerting immune pressure on top of the pressure that got existed already before the mass vaccination, I'm exerting pressure on the infectiousness of the virus because mm -hmm. that is what S is doing, making the virus infectious. So then, if that is the case, I would expect an explosion of more infectious virus. And that is exactly what we are seeing. Why doesn't so Paul Offit, if you say everyone knows this, if you're in immunology, you should know this. Why doesn't Paul Offit know this? I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, Dell, um, I mean, this is my personal opinion. I'm not saying that this is the case. Sometimes I'm under the impression that the establishment, you have always an establishment, you have this in vaccinology, in immunology, in all branches, in all disciplines, that the establishment thinks, well, you know, we, we have made it, I've made my reputation, my name, my career, and just based on my knowledge, I'm going to draw conclusions. If okay, so real quick, when he's... He's talking about uh, uh, these individuals, the mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, the elite, or right. uh, I, I can't think of the word that he he was using. Um, uh, mm. that, that that that's irrelevant. No, I don't know. But no. I was just going to explain that those of who he's talking about. He's talking about the the, the NIH, the the FDA, the CDC, the WHO. Yeah, different these organizations, are, right. These are the individuals he's talking about. 
that that get to the get to a point to where they say, you know, I'm I'm all, I I've arrived. My name it means something now. I've worked my life, and you know, mm-hmm. so it it you know somewhere along the line, it leaves these individuals to he. I think it was the elite. I think that was, yeah. was what he was saying. Right. Uh, but it the the purpose all of a sudden leaves the individual. You know, it was all about at one time saving treating and right. and finding cures for diseases and yeah. and you know now it's totally something different mm-hmm. it's almost about reputation and making money so that that's that's those are the individuals he's talking about if you are tackling a very complex problem like a pandemic and you intervene uh, with infection prevention and with vaccines and you think you can afford yourself to leave stones unturned. I mean, then for sure, this is a recipe to make big, big Good terminology. mistakes. Yeah, I like so, with all my respect for these people and what they have been doing, but even world-renowned professors are making right now big, big, big mistakes because they are not doing their homework or because they cannot draw from all these different fields and immunology and virology and vaccinology and evolutionary biology, etc. Mm. And if you don't do this, if there is one field that is missing because you think you are a virologist and not an immunologist, and you think I can explain this from the viewpoint of virology, then you have no right to speak. You have to familiarize yourself with those disciplines if you want to say your word in in you know the analysis of the of the pandemic and and certainly certainly how to tackle it. Okay. All right. This is a good place to start. I love the way he ended there. Yeah. How many people have you heard they they could even be doctors and 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 I could share a little, you know, a little bit about uh the mm-hmm. the encounter that Joanne and I had with her or uh, now he's a neurologist, he's not orthopedic. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm pausing. So, yeah. Yeah. He's he, <laughs> he's he's neurologist. Okay. But we had a we had a brief encounter about right. uh, the vaccine when it was er, when it was coming out early, and uh-huh. you know these individuals sort of present themselves as experts because yeah. you you walk into a, a an office of a MD, you know this guy's carrying a license, whether he's a orthopedic, whether he's a neurologist, or whatever. Right. Exactly. That's why I love what Gert Vanderbosch is saying. If you think. <laughs> That you can speak on this matter, mm-hmm. what we're facing, and you are not a virologist, immunologist, vaccinologist, and he even mentioned uh, a, a a chemistry uh, uh, expert in in some field. I can't remember exactly what yeah. it was, but he mentioned a chemistry. Yes, I forget what he said. But yeah. yeah, but what he's saying is, it, he says if 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 you've got two of uh, of three of those. Two or four of those, or three or four of those, you really have no right to be speaking on this because you don't know, and that's what we're facing almost right. daily with people that well, my doctor says this, or my, or, or my brother's a doctor, or this, you know, yeah. or my, you know, my wife's, uh, uh, brother-in-law's son, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, well, and, I mean, and, and you know, he really, when we say world-renowned, I mean, he he tar. He hits the bullseye with that statement. Yeah, 
I was just thinking that, I mean, he's, he's right on with that because, and I was trying to think of a different analogy, um, but I'll go with cars because that <laughs> popped in my head anyway. <clears throat> but I mean, it's kind of like if you're the project manager of a vehicle, it might be good for you to have a background in, say, mechanical engineering, uh, computer engineering, and electrical engineering. Because things that go in modern cars are mechanical. You got computer stuff in there. You got electrical stuff in there. So if you only have one of those, you don't really understand everything that's going on in the car. Right. Right. And that's kind of what Geert's saying. You could say, you could get sort of close ish. Right. You know, but you're not going to understand all the ins and outs of how the other components interact with what you're talking about, maybe. So if you go off and you say, well, this is what this is well you could be slightly wrong i mean you might be close like i said but unless you have kind of a knowledge or like he said do your homework in these other right. fields to see what other well i mean and i bring in engineering kind of because engineers are supposed to just like kind of like uh, i guess scientists and stuff they're supposed to look at when you're creating something you're supposed to look at every single aspect of yeah. the product that you're creating so you have to compensate for all the different forces, different scenarios, different things like that. And that's where like what Geert's saying is absolutely right. Because unless you bring in virology and immunology and all these different things and see how it all works together, you're not looking at all the facets. Yeah. And he so basically, that's kind of what I was. No, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Uh, but I, I think the thing that stands out to me more is what he didn't say. He mentioned virology. He uh -huh. mentioned immunology. He mentioned mm -hmm. vaccinology. And then he mentioned some sort of chemistry, and the one we can't remember. Yeah. But what he didn't right. say, if you're an MD, see, you, that didn't even make the list. You've got it all right. That doesn't even make the list. No. No. Because no. He, he, you know, an MD should know better than to even try, try to speak, you know, just a regular. Yeah, an internal medicine individual. You know, mm -hmm. not not that they can't know based on their own research, right? Because Absolutely. I have I have had conversations with at least one uh, internal medicine doctor that really knew some of this, mm -hmm. but did he know more than? Of course not. I could tell, right? You know, right. but <laughs> a medical doctor, an MD, they don't even make the list because yeah. they're not going to know this. Is what right. he's saying? Yeah. You, you could step up to these other areas from an MD and still uh, not yeah. know what you're talking about. So I think that was right. one of the most important things that I absolutely yeah heard what he was saying. Okay, all right. Well, I you know I thought this was going to be the conclusion, but there's another oh, piece that I don't know if more. we'll throw in. Ooh. Well, we, we I think maybe we could all take right. it and bring it into another episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's very it's very specific on uh, on one uh, one particular area of the immune system. So, but I think we could bring that in on another time. So, I, I think right. that'd Sounds be good, good. to do that. So, all right. Well, uh, another boy. This guy is unbelievable, but I'd love to sit down and talk to him in person. Oh yeah. All right. Let's close. Let's close this one out, Ben. All right. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for uh, the opportunity to spread your truth to uh, turn over rocks. Even even Geert mentioned. Uh, you know, we want to turn over every rock that we can uh, to to 
make you know to make our understanding complete and not make snap judgments and uh and lord we know that it's only through your holy spirit that we can have the discernment uh of these things and of course our natural desire and lord we pray for that uh that to continue that we hunger and thirst for your truth for your righteousness we want to lift up all of those out there, Dr. Gert Vandenbosch, uh, uh, Del Bigtree, all of those out there that are that are standing, and uh, you know the many that that we use. Um, things seem to be going haywire in our world, uh, and Lord, we need you desperately. So we thank you that we can turn to you each and every time. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, if there be anything standing in the way of keeping us from you and your uh, purity and your holiness, Lord, show us what that is so we can remove that from our lives. Special mm-hmm. blessings and, and prayers for our listeners. And as we part ways, Lord, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.